when it comes to certain things. And uh, yeah, cool, cool. Well, what an exciting season we're in as a church. You know, I was uh, praying this week and uh, I was just sort of saying, Lord, what do you want, what do you want to say to your church? And uh, I want to talk on love. I want to talk on love, showing God's love towards others, showing God's love to others. You know, it's, it's, I, I love the season that we're in as a church at the moment about God wanting us to engage with our community. And uh, I, love what, I, I love what Pastor Gary shared last week about why does God love me? Because as we begin to understand God's love for us, we can then begin to outwork it in our community. And so I, I sorry, Pastor Gary, I wasn't, I had to go home, so I listened to it on podcast. So I want to encourage anyone who's not here to listen to him on podcast because I, I was just laying in bed listening to it and it, it's just incredible just knowing God's love. And uh, this, the season that we're in as a church is exciting, but it's also challenging as well. And uh, are you ready to be challenged today? I am. This, this really challenged me. This message on my heart, this, this has been burning on my heart since I prepared communion a few weeks ago. And, and God has really been challenging me uh, to show love towards others. And, and as, we, uh, as, we begin to, as I begin to look into it this morning, uh, I believe that God's going to challenge you as well. Um, it's exciting to be challenged, it's, but it's also scary as well. But, you know... I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready. So um, in Mark 12, um, Jesus is, uh, what, it's when they're going through, uh, when Jesus was asked, what, what is the two most important commandments? Um, Jesus says in, in, in verse 30 to 31 in Mark 12, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now that seems fairly easy. Um, you know, It says the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh. There's no greater commandment greater than these. There's no commandment greater than these. Love your neighbor as yourself. But before I go into the loving part, showing love towards others, I want to go a bit further into God's love for the world. And uh, I'm going to read a verse that I know in my life, I've, I've, I've sort of learnt it as a young kid, but I've taken it sort of for granted because I've known it. It's been a memory verse, and it's sort of like, yeah, I know that. Yeah. But as I began to look into it, it really challenged me and, and, and all that. We, you know, we, we need to not get used to common verses that we know. We need to actually get in a bit deep, uh, look into them a bit deeper and, and, and not become complacent with what we believe. John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I'm going to have a look at the meaning here. I was looking at the meanings of this scripture. I want to have a look at the meaning of the word loved. And Aaron's going to pop it up on the screen there. And it's, uh, hopefully I can pronounce this. It is agapeo. It is, uh, comes from strong, uh, Strong's number 25. It's unconditional love. Love by choice and by an act of the will. The word denotes an unconquerable benevolence and undefeatable goodwill. Agapio will never seek anything but the highest good for fellow mankind. 
Agapio, the verb, and agape, the noun, are the words for God's unconditional love. It does not need a chemistry, an affinity, or a feeling. That's an incredible love, isn't it? That is an incredible love. In Ephesians 1, 4-5 from the New Living Translation, it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Have a think about that for a second. This is what God wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. That's a great love right there. Go back to John 3, and I'm going to keep reading verse 17. Because we generally look at John 3.16, but we don't read on a bit further. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Notice how God did not send his Son to condemn the world. You know, it's a big, big misconception today in our society that God is an angry God, a judgmental God, a God who who is not pleased with us, a God who, who just looks down and judges us. But it says right here in his word that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, we don't have to be perfect. To feel the love of God. Because God already lo- he, he, he loves you even though you're not perfect. This, this misconception of I need to get my life right before God is pleased with me is completely false. Because God demonstrates his love that while we were still sinners, he died for us. That is a powerful love. He showed us a love even though we didn't deserve it. Ephesians 2, 4-5. In the NLT, it says, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. It's not by the works that you do. It is by God's grace. All you have to do is give your heart to Christ, and you will be saved. You will have an eternal life in heaven. This is why God sent his son to love us. God's love has saved us from the punishment we deserve because of our sinful nature. And God loves us so much that it is important that we as a church begin to show people in our community what God's love looks like. Because so many people out there, they're looking for someone to love them. And there is already a father in heaven that loves There is already a Father in heaven that loves you. I want to say to anyone who doesn't know Christ in here this morning, there is a a Father in heaven. There is God in heaven. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. That is why he sent Jesus, to take on our punishment, to take on what we, we actually rightly deserved. But Jesus came and bared it all on the cross. That is love. So let's have a look at what love's look, love looks like. And this is, a, this is another scripture that I think that we can take for granted sometimes. 
And it's a scripture, Pastor Gary shared it last week, but I'm going to keep going with it because God is trying to say something here. And as I began to read it, um, God really showed me and revealed to me an incredible incredible revelation about what love looks like. And it's in 1 Corinthians 13. And you're aware of this. You might have heard this at weddings. It's a great wedding chat. I, I, we, I think we had it at our wedding. And uh, with, 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 with me, I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's love, yep. And, but didn't, when I read it, it's one of those chapters that I sort of skim over and go, yep, that, that's all good. But as I began to look into it deeper, God really spoke to my heart. We're going to have a look from verse 4. And this is what love looks like. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And in the start of verse 8, it says, but love never fails. You know, we can, have all the, we, could, we could have all the spiritual gifts, but without love, they mean nothing. That's what this chapter is saying. We, 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 we can give words of prophecy. We can, we can do all that, speak in other tongues, all that sort of stuff. But if we have love, if we don't have love, it means nothing. Because it, it says... In verse 13, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So let's, let's, let's break this down a little bit. As I was reading, it says, love is patient. Love is what? Love is patient. Oh, that, that stopped me right there. Because you ask my wife, I'm not a very patient man. Um, with, my ki- with my kids... Oh, sometimes they really, you know, push my buttons. And it's so hard sometimes to be patient. You just want them to behave straight away. <laughs> Same with uh, there are people at my work. It's so hard to be patient with them sometimes. But there's one thing that God showed me in this. That God was patient with me. Even when I didn't get it. Even when God was trying to say something to me. <laughs> and I was like, whatever God. He was patient with me. And I'm so thankful for that patience. So we need to show patience towards other people. Even though sometimes it is hard. Love is kind. That's pretty self-explanatory. We need to show kindness towards others. Even though it might seem inconvenient, we need to show kindness. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. Like I'd be walking down the street and there might be someone who needs help and I've just kept walking. I've gone, oh yeah, and just kept walking. And look, because you've got things to do, you've got places to be, and you just sort of walk by them and go, oh yeah, that'll be alright. But really, God's like saying to me, I'm challenging me to actually look for those things and say, I want you to show my kindness to that person. Even at, even at work, 
people, I've had many opportunities at work to show kindness towards people, the, the people that I work with, and that they've started sharing with me and I've just gone, oh yeah, and I haven't even, I've just sort of shrugged it off. But as I'm reading through this, God has really been challenging me to start showing these attributes of love. And it is only until we understand God's love, and this, this is the type of love that he showed us. Love does not envy. Love does not envy. It is not jealous. We need to be, we need to be, we need to be encouraging people to get ahead in life. You know, it's so easy to look at what people have and go, why don't I have that? And I've been guilty of this as well. But love does not envy. It's not a jealous love. Our God, is, our God shows that he's a jealous God because he wants relationship with us and he doesn't like it when we're not in relationship with him. That's, that's different. That's, that's not the jealousy this is talking about. This is, this is talking about wanting something that someone's got and saying, God, why, why don't I have it? I want it. This is, this is a, don't envy other people because they have something you don't. Encourage people to get ahead in life. Encourage people to say, you know, be an encouragement to people. That's challenging. That is challenging. And I love it. I love, I love what Pastor Gary does. He, he, is, he is full of encouragement. And I'll tell you what, when, you, when you've gone through something and uh, he's the man to have around because he, he, he will always encourage you. I want to encourage you just to look at the example that Pastor Gary and Jane lead live because they live this they're, they're, they encourage people even people they don't know so I love that I love that it does not boast and is not proud when I looked into that word proud it also means arrogant it is not arrogant be careful not to think that you're better than the other person <laughs> How many, how many people in this world have a misconception of Christianity because of the fact that we are known for what we're against more, from what, more than what we're for? Because we've, we've, for so long we've said that we're against this, we don't agree with that, we don't agree with this, we don't agree with that. But that needs to stop. Because people already know what we don't agree with. People already know that we don't agree with with uh, same-sex marriage. People already know that we don't agree with people going around committing adultery, that we don't agree with all this other stuff. They need to know what we agree with. And we agree in love. We agree in kindness. We agree with people. You, you, when you actually start talking to people, you actually find that you actually do agree with them on some things. Do you know that? The, the, the more that I've... The more that... The, 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 Pastor Paul Bartlett, when he was here, he really challenged me. And it, and it has really changed my perspective on how I look at people that aren't in the church. Because not everyone will come to church, but we have the opportunity to be able to, sh- to, be able to show them God's love. And we need to find the one thing that we do agree on and, and begin to fan that into a flame. Because if we can build trust with people and actually begin to... Yes, we do agree on that. Okay, let's talk about that. 
and all that, if we begin to build trust with people, they will begin to open up to us and actually start sharing about the things that are going on in their world. We, we've, me and Haley have started to see it. We've got certain people in our life that, that God has begin to, is beginning to put into our life that we actually never expected. And uh, it, it is incredible after what we've been learning about engaging our community, just the difference in the perspective that it has when we talk to people. Because I used to see people, and I'm, I'm going to be completely honest, I used to see people living a certain lifestyle, and I, as soon as I don't agree with it, I, I don't want to have anything to do with that person. And that's just the wrong way to look at things. And uh, we need to be people who will engage with people even though we don't agree with necessarily what they're doing. So let's don't think we're better. Don't think we're better than the other person. Love does not dishonor others, and it is not self-seeking. And again, it focuses on the well-being of other, of other people. Don't do something just to get something in return out of it. That was something that God spoke to me when I read this part, when I said it, it is not self-seeking. Don't do something just to get something out of it. That is a challenge. It, that, that, isn't that what the people of our world are like? Isn't that what, isn't that what we're like? Our human nature, I won't do that for you. I'm not going to do that for you unless you do something for me. And that is a hard thing to break. That is a very hard thing to break. But I want to encourage you, if you see someone that needs something, if you, if you have someone in your world that just wants someone to talk to, that, just, that, that needs something, like if someone, if someone in your workplace needs help moving house and they're, they're, they're sharing with you the struggle that they're having getting organised, Offer them a hand. Just little things like that. Could be, could be a random act of kindness, anything like that. But don't, but don't um, look at it as if, oh, I'm going to get something back out of this. Because God, when you think about it, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. It is not easily angered. That's another challenge. If you if you if you're in the car with me, driving through the Adelaide Hills and, um, you know, bike riders, oh, they make my blood boil. <laughs> it doesn't help when I'm in the car using words that need to be censored. I'm being honest, <laughs> and Josiah's sitting in the back going, "Dad, you told me that you have to." <laughs> I'm being completely honest with you. Does anyone else feel like that, or is that just me? <laughs> it's just me. Eh? It's amazing what your kids point out. I, I always say to Joe, I feel like saying to Josiah, "Look at the plank in your own eye, mate." But then I'm like, "Oh, that's that's uh, <laughs> his plank wouldn't be that big yet." Like the, the, the one. Uh, he's only nine years old, so you know. Um, He's only probably got a little speck <laughs> in, in, in his eye, a speck of sawdust in his eye compared to me. <laughs> Whew. That, that is very, very uh, interesting, that one. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. This one, 
is very challenging. How many people have been hurt in life? If you haven't been hurt, you haven't lived long enough. (laughs) People are going to do something that is going to hurt you. And not, they don't apologize all the time, you know. Not everyone realizes that they've hurt you. They're not always, that they've hurt you. They're not going to always apologize. But even if they don't apologize to you, try not to hang on to that. Try not to hang on to that. Remember that God doesn't use our past failures against us. Because we have to understand that there was a time in our life where we, where we were hurting God. But God doesn't, he doesn't use our past failures against us. We're going to have a look at Hebrews 8 verse 12. It's talking about the new covenant that Jesus has made, that God has made with us. And I'm going to have a look at verse 12 because this really stuck out at me. It says, For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. <sighs> Now, if God can do that to us, if God can forgive us, why do we have so much trouble as Christians forgiving other people? God remembers our sin no more. We need to let go when people hurt us. Sometimes they apologize, sometimes they don't. But try not to let that affect your relationship with people. Because people hurt you. Even people closest to you will hurt you unintentionally. That's just life. But God doesn't use our past failures against us. So don't use people's past failures against them. Don't bring it up again. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And I like what the NLT says. It says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Verse 7 of the Amplified Bible really brings it out. It says, love bears all things regardless of what comes. Believes all things, looking for the best in each one. Hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times. Endures all things without weakening. That that is challenging. We need to encourage people and look for the best in them. Despite the lifestyle that they live and where they have come from. God always tries to bring out the best in us, so we need to replicate that through the peop- to the people in our world, to the people in our community, so that they can feel the love of God in us. As I was reading through the love chapter in my devotions, I was looking at this word love, and it is the same love that God showed to us in John 3.16. And this is why this really jumped out at me, because it's really challenging. And the word is agape. Agape, let, have a listen to the similarities between the two. 
Agape denotes an undefeatable benevolence and unconquerable goodwill that always seeks the highest good of the other person, no matter what he or she does. It is the self-giving love that gives freely without asking for anything in return and does not consider the worth of its object. Agape describes the unconditional love God has for the world. It is the same type of love that is in this love chapter that was mentioned in John 3.16. You look at the meanings up on the screen. It's the same. Agapio, the verb. Agape, the noun. The same thing. That is incredible. This is the love that we need to show the people in our community. Think about the characteristics of what we've been describing in 1 Corinthians 13. Have a think about it. Was there one stage in your life before you knew Jesus that someone showed this type of love towards you? I look back at my own life and I, and I look at um, before we were Christians. I, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was age of nine, so I was quite lucky to um, know. I've been quite lucky to know the Lord most of my life, and. Um, my my dad was an alcoholic, and uh, you know life was wasn't that that good while he was uh, on the alcohol. But then I started seeing the change in dad when he started going to AA and when he found when he found Jesus, and we moved into this we moved into this street in Mount Gambier, and actually the Coonans lived up the road, and. Uh, I looked at their family and I was like, what is different about their family? As a kid, I looked at, at the way the Coonans, you know, would act and all that. And I saw the change in dad. I saw, I saw the, the change. They, they, they lived differently to other kids that I associated with. And I'm like, what is that? And so I got invited to a Royal Rangers program. And uh, I think I went with them that night. I can't remember now. It was a while ago. And I saw the love in the church. I saw the love in the people in the church and, and I was like, I want this. And uh, ever since our family found the Lord, found Jesus, our family's love for each other has, has, has grown over the years. And, uh, and, and it is a testimony to others to see where our family have come from to where we are now. And that is only because God, it was only because someone showed love to dad and then dad started acting differently at home and I saw the love that the Coonans had in their family when I was nine years old I saw the love in the, in the other kids at the, and, the, and the leaders at the Royal Rangers program at the church and I wanted it so there are people in our community that need this love I want to have a look at Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 16 in the NLT. And this, this challenged me as well. Because our love for other people needs to be genuine. We need to show genuine love towards others. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. So it doesn't say to hate the person. It just says to hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good and love each other with genuine affection 
and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. That's those people that don't necessarily agree with us. Pray that God will bless them. Oh, that's a challenge. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. (laughs) Don't think you know it all. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. That is the one thing that I got out of that scripture. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. (laughs) And the other thing is don't think you know it all. Because I don't. (laughs) Ask my wife. I always think I'm right. But then she always says that I'm wrong. I disagree with her, but I love her anyway. (laughs) Good point. I I need to find out she was right. Yes. Just because people don't agree with us doesn't mean we can't love and be around them. If we're a real serious church about engaging our community, let's not pretend to love others. Let's 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 show people genuine affection. We need to show people genuine affection. People need to feel love. Our community needs to see that we are here for them. The people in our workplace need to see that we're here for them. We're not here to serve ourselves. We're here for them. It says in the Bible that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve others, give his life as a ransom for many. And we as Christians need to replicate We need to be like Jesus and serve people. Remember that even though we don't deserve it, even though you don't deserve it, even though I don't deserve it, God showed his love to us. And he still does. He still does. And we need to understand that we need to show these people love in our community, not point out their faults. We don't need to point out their faults. That's, that, that is, uh, it's God's job to do the changing, not ours. And for so long, I know, I, in my own life, I've been, I've been the person trying to do the changing. But I've had to come to understand that it is, it is not my job to change people, it is my job to love people. It is my job to love people because the only way we're going to see the Great Commission fulfilled here on this earth, here in Mount Barker, here in the Adelaide Hills, is if we first love people, is if we first love people. And as hard as it is, don't point out their faults. Don't point out their faults. Just be there. Listen to what they have to say. 
listen to what they have to say. That has been the biggest challenge in my life, is to actually stand there and listen. And it's so hard to fight within yourself and say, well, you got yourself here, it's your own fault. You need to change and you need to do this and you need to do that. How we, it's, it's in our human nature, isn't it? That we, that we like to, to go, you need to change that, you need to do that. But Jesus doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to love. Like I mentioned before, why look at the speck of sawdust in that person's eye and not look at the plank in your own? Because we've still got things we need to work on in, in our personal lives. But we need to show people that there is a God that wants to love on them. He cares for you. He cares for this community. He cares for the community of Mount Barker. He cares for the community all around. He wants, he wants to see all people saved. I believe, don't, this, this isn't, don't, this is what I believe. That, that Jesus hasn't returned yet because the Father is still hanging out to see all men saved. And we need to have a hunger for that. We need, we need to hunger for that. Because that's God's heart. That's God's heart. That no man shall perish. That no one shall perish. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just stand. I just want everyone to bow their heads, close their eyes. And I want to give an opportunity to someone this morning. I want to give an opportunity to people this morning. You might be sitting here in this place, you might be listening on podcast, and and you're wondering, what is this love that I'm talking about? What is this love that this guy's talking about? And you want to know more. You want to know God's love. I, want to, I just want to encourage you that if you give your life to Jesus, that God is going to reveal to you who he is and that you will be a part of his family. It says in his word that he has adopted you. When you give your heart to Jesus, that he has adopted you to be in his family. So if there's anyone here who wants to give their heart to the Lord this morning, I just want you to raise your hands where you are. I'm going to give this a little bit of time. This is between you and God. If there's anyone in this place that says, I need to give my heart to the Lord, I just want you to raise your hand where you are. There's a second group of people that I want to talk to this morning. If you've been challenged by this word this morning, if you 
if this word has challenged you about love this morning, about God's love, and you, wanna, you want to be able to express this type of love to the people around you in this community, in your world, I just want you to raise your hands in this place. Because I believe that as you begin to raise your hands, that God is just going to begin to reveal to you his love. He's going to reveal to you ways. He's going to give you opportunities to be able to show his love to the people in this community and in your world. Lord, I thank you for these people that have raised their hands this morning. I just pray right now that as, as they've raised their hands as a statement, that they want, to, they want to be able to show love towards others. I just pray that you give them opportunity, Lord, this week as they go out into their world, even today. I just pray, Lord, that, that people will be able to show your love. And I pray, Lord, that if there's something that has challenged them this morning, I just pray, Lord, that you begin to reveal to them the things that, that um, they need to work on. To be able, and I just pray you give people opportunity to be able to express your love. And I pray that we can hear testimonies of people that have come to know you through the love that people have, these people have shown. That no man shall perish. We need to rise up, church. We need to rise up. God is calling us to love. God is calling us not to be in this, not to, not to focus within the four walls. God is wanting us to push out into our community and show that there is a God who loves them. And as we begin to express these characteristics of love, we're going to see people saved. There's so much, like was mentioned before, there's so much hatred in this world. But we have, we have the answer that is in Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage you today. Take hold of the opportunities that come your way. Take hold of it. Your heart might be beating at a million miles an hour when the opportunity comes. But trust in God. Trust in God. He will give you the words to say. He will, he will tell you when to listen. He will tell you when to speak. He will tell you when to ask questions. But just, I just encourage you just to not be afraid. God is with you every step of the way. Amen. Thank you, everybody.